Well, today is going to be a fun message. It's going to be one of those messages that's really good and it's going to really be fun. It's going to be a short but a quick message. Just like high school, it was short but fun and quick. But it's going to be one of those messages that's just really good. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Romans. Uh, today we're going to be in Romans chapter 1. If you don't have your Bibles, there's one under your seat. If you don't have a Bible, you can take that one home with you. That's a gift from us. You don't have to sneak it inside your purse or act like you're taking it. Um, you can go ahead and keep that. Uh, also, the uh, scripture is going to be on the screen behind me. And also on Facebook as well. If you go to our Facebook page, you can see the scripture there. And go ahead and check in as well. That's Romans chapter 1 is where we're going to be at. As many of you know, we've been preaching through a series called We Are the Church. And we've called it We Are the Church because we really wanted to look at who we are as a church. Like, what is the church supposed to be? Not what we think it's supposed to be, not what we've known it to be for many years, but what is the church really supposed to be like? If, and we challenged everyone. We said, if you could forget everything you know about church... If you can just forget everything you know, all the tradition, all the bad memories, all the good memories, all the casserole dishes, everything that you know about church, and just look at the scriptures and ask yourself, are we living like this, the way they do in the scriptures? Not the traditions that we have, that we've made, which are great traditions, they're fun, they're good things. But if we can do church the way that the scriptures are doing church, how would it look like today? And we said it's important to know that because I, as your pastor, as, long as, a, as, as well as the leadership team, feel that we as a church need to be on the same page when it comes to our mission and our vision here at Impact City Church. We have to be on the same accord and understand where we're going and what's going on. So with that in mind, we've been going through our ownership covenant, which is just this, this covenant that we sign if you want to be an owner of the church, an owner of someone who is connected to the church and is responsible for things here in the church. And we've been going through that and just having a quick recap on all the things that we expect from owners of the church. Things that we should be doing. If you look at all the lists, it's things that every Christian should be doing. And we talked a couple weeks ago, we said that, we talked the first week about the importance of being connected to a church. The importance of actually being connected, not just attending a church. Because anyone can attend a church, but it's not until you actually get plugged in and connected and serve and love and live life together with the church that you actually reap the benefits of having a connection with a God-centered, Bible-based local church. You can attend church every Sunday of the month, but if you never get connected, you're missing out on the greatness that God has for you from being connected to a great church. Okay, the next week we talked about the mission and the vision of Impact City Church. And we said we want to be a church that loves Jesus, that loves the city so much with the love of Christ that the city as a whole sees positive change. That was our vision. Then we said that the mission of the church was going to be that living in biblical community we will meet the physical and spiritual needs of this great city. That we weren't going to be a church that simply came, sat down, got fed, and then walked out and lived however the heck we wanted to live. That we were going to be a church that comes, gets fed, goes out, and regurgitates what we have learned and actually refeeds others. And invests and pours into others. And we're going to meet both the physical needs and the spiritual needs of our great city. That we weren't going to be a church that simply just sat back and came to service and went home. Now if that's the church that you desire, that's not the church that you're in right now. The third week, last week, we talked about the unity we have through our diversity as a church. That we said that we are a beautiful mess as a church. Amen. Amen. That a lot of us have craziness in our lives. 
That all of us have a lot of diversity. That, that one family might not look like another family. Or one individual might not act like another individual. But through a unity, which is the body of Christ, we become one body under one head, serving one God. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. That we don't all have to be clones and act like me and talk like me and you know, Eminem. And so we don't, have to, we don't have to be like that. That we can be a church that's diverse. And it's okay to be broken. And it's okay to not have it all together. And it's okay to be a little dirty. And it's okay to, to do that because there's someone else who's going to make up that difference in your life and help bring you along to where you need to be. That's the beautiful thing about the church. But today, today, today we're going to look at a topic that's really fun to talk about. It's fun to, to kind of talk about all the time. In fact, for hundreds of years, men and women throughout the church have been having conversations about this topic in some form or another in, around coffee tables, around fellowship halls, around local taverns and living rooms. And for years now, people have been talking about this, this one topic. They've been talking about it for years. And what am I referring to? I'm talking about church drama gossip. Church drama, church drama, gossip. Yes, the things that we say to people about people behind people's backs. The juicy stuff, the stuff that everyone likes to get into, the stuff that when we start talking about it, the hairs on our arms start to stand because we get excited hearing something raw and juicy about someone, their failures in their life, and we get all like, like those Hispanics, we call it cheese bus, we start talking like that. Now, I can't even lay the entire weight on this, on just one set of people. I can't just say, like, it's only the women who do this. Because the men do it too. Like, right, man? Like, we, we do that. Like, we're like, bro, did you hear about Mike? Did you hear about James? Did you hear about Drew? Did you hear about, bro, I didn't even know, man. Like, like it's not like the ladies who are just like, oh, my God, girl, can you believe? Like, we, it's everyone. We all do it. Now, most churches, though, will not talk about this one sin. And and they won't even mention it in their membership covenant. They won't even talk about it in church very often. Maybe once a year when the series comes around. Like, they might not do that. But but we believe it to be such an impactful sin in our lives that we have to put it in the ownership covenant and talk about it. Because something like this, we know, is the type of stuff that can destroy a church. Like, I have seen churches crumble on miscommunication, gossip, slander, putting the scarlet letter on people and then pushing them out of the church. I have seen that happen. And tell you what, it is sinful. And churches crumble for it. Pastors lose their jobs over a rumor about something or a way they, they might have misled something. And especially when you're living in close biblical community. When you're that close to someone's family, when you're that close to someone's life, you tend to bump elbows into their personal life. And it can be really easy to take a dip in the gossip pool. But what is the what is gospel I and mean, what does gossip really look like? Did I say the gospel pool? Did I say that? I meant the gossip pool, sorry. Two different pools. Alright? But what does gossip really look like? And is gossip really a bad thing? I mean, after all, no one's getting hurt. It's just words. It doesn't matter. You're just talking about something. You're just reiterating what you just heard. So with tenderness, let us dive into this issue of church drama that we know as gossip. First off, let's answer this one question. Let's define gossip. 
What exactly is gossip? The Hebrew word for gossip in the Old Testament is defined as one who reveals secrets, one who goes out and is a tale bearer and a scandal monger. Basically, you're someone that likes to take a secret that someone has entrusted you with and go tell it to everybody. You're a gossiper. You probably work for KIII. You're like, you're always, you're gossiping about people. You take in some type of information and you spread it around like peanut butter and jelly on a sandwich. You are that person. That is who you are. In other words, a gossiper is a person who has the privilege of certain information about people and proceeds to reveal that information to those who do not have the business of knowing it. That is who a gossiper is. Now, there's a fine line, though, between gossiping and sharing information about someone or someone else's problems in concern and love for them. Fine line there, okay? So gossip is distinguished from sharing information in one of two ways. One is our heart's intent. What is the intent of your heart when you're sharing this information? Gossipers often have the goal of building themselves up by making others look bad and exalting themselves as some kind of show of knowledge. Women, this is you. Men, we do it too. But honestly, ladies, it's like, oh my God, girl, did you see what she wore to church today? That scandalous girl. Did you see that? And then, or you're like, do you know what she's going through? Do you know what her, did you know what she's doing on her off time? I can't believe that. I would never do that. I mean, look at my life. My life is great. Like, I could never do it. That is gossip right there. When you start to elevate yourself above someone else without the regard to the fact that you are just as sinful in just a different way, that is gossip. The other thing that defines gossip from, from simply sharing information because you love someone and you care about them is the type of information that you're sharing. The type of information. Gossipers speak of the faults and the failings of others in order to reveal potentially embarrassing moments of that person's life and shameful details regarding the lives of others with, without knowledge or their approval. Even if you mean no harm, it's still gossip. If someone was to come to me and tell me something in confidence, and I go and I say, guys, listen, I got to tell you something about this person. This is something that they don't want me to say, but don't say nothing. That's gossip. That is gossip. Now, church, does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? Because I want us to be brutally honest here for a moment. And you know me. I'm the type of pastor who's going to challenge you and encourage you at the same time. I want us to feel the weight of God's conviction on our toes for this here today. Because the truth is, is that we have all had moments of gossip. Including myself. All of us. If you're here today, you think, well, I don't gossip. And then you have a problem with pride. And that's a totally different sermon. Gossip is one of those sins that we all are prone to wander away from God for. Gossip is one of those sins that it's easy to wander away from God for. It's easy because you think it's just talk. I'm just talking about it. It's not hurting anybody. But pornography is the same way. I'm just looking at it. It's not hurting anybody. All of us, all of us do this at times. 
in some way or another. Maybe, maybe not as much as other people. Maybe some of us have struggled in the past with this. Maybe some of us don't do it that much anymore, but we are all tempted to do it at times. Can we be honest with each other and just say, at least we're tempted to do this. It's easy. But what does the Bible say about gossip? What does the scripture say? And what does God have to say about this? Well, if, you, if you have your Bibles, again, Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is revealing the sinful nature and the lawlessness of mankind. And he's stating that, that God has poured out his wrath on those who reject his laws. He's talking about this. And because they had turned away from God's instruction and his guidance, God has given them over to their flesh, which is, by the way, a side note. If you continue to knowingly disobey God, and you know God, and you knowingly disobey God, eventually God's going to say, wash my hands clean, you do whatever you want to do, I'll be here waiting for you when you're ready to come back. That's a scary place to be in the life of a believer. When you knowingly push God away and do what you want to do. Because eventually you're going to push God so far away that the umbrella of grace is no longer over your head. And it's always there for you to run back under. But do you realize that you're getting hit with hail and rain? You know what I'm saying? You all tracking with me here? This is what God does to the people here. He basically said, you have pushed me away so many times. I'm giving you up into your sin. Because I love you, and through your flesh, you will be saved. Through your flesh, maybe you will come back around to me. Through the hard times, when you hit rock bottom, there's only one place to look, and that's up. But he goes on to enlist, to list out the sins that these people are doing, and gossip and slanderers are included on this list. If you have your Bibles, look at verse 28. Romans chapter 1, verse 28 says this. And since they did not fit to did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a to debased mind to do what ought not to be done. He said, because you keep acknowledging the fact that, that I am God and you keep turning away from what I am what I want you to do, I'm going to allow you to go away and do what you want to do. And that's love there, because that's tough love. And so he does this, he allows them to do what they want to do. So they can see the, the wickedness and they see the hurt that they are doing to themselves. Verse 29 says, And they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. And they were full of envy, murder, strive, deceit, maliceness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God. Innocent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, kids. Foolishness, faithfulness, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteousness decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. And they, and they not only do them, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. I'm talking about a church that is way off the beaten path here, guys. I'm talking about a church who has who embraced the, the, the art of murder and strive and deceit. And these are things that are terrible, terrible sins, but right along into those sins, you can see the, 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 the intenseness of what this sin of gossip is, that they put gossip in the same category as murder. And it, in fact, it is. Think about the people who have been gossiped about in the church. 
And they're basically excommunicated because they feel unwelcomed and unloved by the church because of some sin in their life or something that they do wrong. Now, they have to reap the benefits or the, 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 um, the, the consequences of that sin. But the church should not be the one that judges that. The church should be the one that says, we love you and we, we know you're messed up, but we're messed up too in some way. And we want to just embrace you and follow God and encourage each other through this moment. That's what the church should do. And so you can see the seriousness of this. This passage shows us, this passage shows us the seriousness of sin that gossip really is. It's so serious that it's characterized in the same, in the same category as murder. So gossip is a big, big thing. It's huge. You can start to understand how something like that can rip through a church and tear it apart. So this is why we have it in our ownership covenant. Here in Impact City, it says we will refrain from gossip and unworthy talk in our church. We will refrain from that. Instead, we will do things that help build each other up and encourage each other. Gossip is a cancerous sin that has devastating outcomes. It's a cancerous sin that has devastating outcomes. The Bible tells us that a perverse man stirs up dissension, and gossip separates close friends. Boy, do I know that's right. That gossip separates those who love each other. That's Proverbs 16, 28. Many a friendship has been ruined over misunderstandings and, and gossip that started over stuff like that. Those who engage in this behavior do nothing but stir up trouble and cause anger, bitterness, and pain among friends and even among church members. You know that one person in the church, right? The one that's always like talking about, did you see that? Did you see this? Sadly, don't point to them right now. Please don't do that. Sadly, some people thrive on this stuff. Like they look forward to it. It's like a parasite that sucks onto something and drains a life out. They look forward to, to gossip and slander. They look forward to doing, they look for such opportunities to destroy others in light of making themselves look better. And when such people are confronted, they deny the allegations and they answer with excuses and rationalizations. Rather than admitting the wrongdoing in their life and admitting the fact that they are two sinful people, they blame other other people for, for, for what they are struggling with in an attempt to minimize the seriousness of the sin. Listen, those who blame other people's for, people for their own sin are nothing but narcissists. And they're really hurting themselves. We as a church should be mature enough to own up to our own mistakes and say, you know what? What I did is wrong and I own up to it. Whether you cheated on your family, whether you started an addiction, whether you, you don't lead well in your job space, maybe you don't live a life right, don't blame someone else for your sin in your life. And don't gossip about someone's sin like that either. It says here in Proverbs 18, 7 through 8, it says, A fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are like a snare to his soul. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. Gossip is the sugar cubes of life. Gossip is those things that we love to snack on and look at and eat up. But they're bad for you. Eventually they will kill you. They will push you away from the church. They will end friendships in your life. But the scripture offers us an alternative, though. 
Scripture offers us a great alternative. If you would, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Ephesians, chapter 4. We start in verse 29. There was an alternative to the gossip. There was something else we can do. As you guys are turning there, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And if you know Ephesus, they've gotten pretty screwed up too. And Paul is starting to, to try to send letters to correct them. And he says this in verse 29, he says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as, fit, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. I love the way the New Living Translation says this very same verse. The New Living Translation says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Like, just don't talk like that. Instead, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And let's try this. Instead of gossiping about someone, why don't we try encouraging them? Instead of beating down your your husband or your ex for how stupid they are, (laughs) let's pray for them. And let's say, I know they're far from God, but Lord, we need them to do better. And things are messed up. They might not get better, but maybe we can at least save their soul in some way. Instead of gossiping about the single mom or the, the, the messed up family in the, in the house, why don't you, like, love on them? Like, it's so much better. It's so much better to actually go and love someone than to gossip about them. Why don't we do stuff like that instead, instead of downing the, the guy who's a, a drug addict in the church, the homeless guy in the church, why don't you go over there and try to invest in their lives to build them up and do something better? Isn't that what the church is supposed to do anyway? Isn't that what we're supposed to be living like? Instead of being a church that fakes community and puts on the mask every time you walk through the doors and acts like you're happy with someone, why don't we just be a church that actually stays out of the drama of life and gossiping and goes into it with open eyes of ministry and love and open arms that wants to encourage people who are striving in, in sinfulness, who are striving in, in struggles. Why don't we be a church there? Let's be a church that loves and encourages others to a better walk of Christ and builds them up to be the men or women that they need to be in Christ with our words versus tearing them down behind their backs. Can we do that as a church? Proverbs 21, 23 says, those who guard their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Control yourselves, people. A fruit of the Spirit is self-control. If you're living in the Spirit of God, you shouldn't have to struggle with gossip that much because you should have self-control with yourself. You should see people in a different light versus seeing them as a problem. So we must guard our tongues and refrain from the sinful act of gossip. If we surrender our natural desires to the Lord, he will help us to to regain our righteousness and remain in it constantly. May we follow the Bible's teachings on gossip by keeping our mouth shut unless it is necessary and appropriate to speak about something that is a problem. And church, as your pastor, let me just say this. I don't see too much gossip in this church. Hardly at all. And I am so proud of that because I have been to churches that that is constantly the problem in the church. So I want to thank you that even though we have to talk about it, 
that I thank you that this is a church that doesn't gossip that much. Let's continue that, that record. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, that he came to this earth and he died for us so that we can have a better way of life, a better way to do things, a better way to live, a better way to love. Lord, may we continue to, to reach out to him. May we continue to, to, to embrace ourselves with his body, the church. May we continue to be the church that does not tear down, but in fact builds up. May we not be the army that murders our wounded. But rather, may we be an army that rehabilitates them and sends them back into the battle for you, Lord. May we be a church that does these things. And it's in Christ's name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Let's stand up and worship one more time.